Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The Mets continue their downfall out of the playoff picture in the National League East, and I'll be talking about where they go from here as they wrap up the 2021 season and if they have any chance to get into that playoff race. So let's get into it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Believe in Mets, the Raise the Apple podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Eddie Gardner. Hope you are enjoying your week. It is currently Friday, August 20th, and the Mets continue to spiral out of control. They have now fallen five games back, a season-high five games back of the Braves for first place in the National League East. The wild card is certainly out of their reach. So if they have, they want any chance of getting into the postseason, the division is the way to go, but it has been a tough ride for the Mets. Since my last episode, which took place during their Philly sweep, the Mets responded by sweeping Washington, as they should have, the last place Washington Nationals, but have since been swept by the Dodgers at home. They lost 2 out of 3 to San Francisco on the road, and they dropped Game 1 to the Dodgers in, La- in Los Angeles last night. So as I said, the Mets are now five games back of the red-hot Atlanta Braves in the NL East division. The Braves have come back from the dead. They have taken full advantage of their strong trade deadline acquisitions, and they have reclaimed their top spot in the National League East, a spot they've been in three consecutive seasons. They have won the National League East division the last three seasons, and they're Definitely looking to get back into that. Definitely looking to celebrate with champagne again at the end of the season. So right now the Mets are 6-13 and in the month of August. They're having one of the worst offensive seasons in the league. You know, that has been the narrative for this team all season long. They have struggled offensively, getting runs across, bringing in runners with runners in scoring position, capitalizing on those big scoring chances. They have not done that. I can't even begin to count how many times they have stranded the bases loaded with zero runs. They're second to last in runs per game behind only the Pittsburgh Pirates. The Pirates are 42-79 and 79 this season. So that just shows you how poorly the Mets have hit this season. During this month, it has not been much better. The offense has scored a mere 3.4 runs per game this month, which is definitely a big reason why they are 6-13 and 13 and they are Plubbing, they were they are spiraling out of control here. So I want to I want to compare the Mets here to one of the most surprising teams in the league this season, the San Francisco Giants. So the big story with the Giants this season is that they are getting incredible production from many of their veteran players. Some of the guys they did not expect to get production from, such as Buster Posey, Brandon Crawford, Brandon Belt, other guys like Donovan Solano, you know Jake McGee. Uh, you know, Mike Yastrzemski, Nist- Mike Evan Longoria, all these guys that I just mentioned are having career-high seasons. They hit, they all hit the jackpot at the same time, are all clicking, and are having career seasons, which is why they have skyrocketed to the best record in baseball. You know how incredibly rare that is for every single one of your guys? For, you got, for, for a front office to take chances on all these guys and for all of them to pay off. All of them having career seasons. That is very rare. And so I'm talking about this 
because I want to now compare this to the Mets, where the Mets, you know, on paper have a very, very good offense going into the season. On paper, they looked very, very strong. A lot of people said they were going to win 90-plus games, be a contender, maybe even you know, compete with the Padres or the Giants, who many people thought were going to be the top two teams in the NL West. And now all these guys are having career low seasons. The Mets, all of them, or a majority of their main hitters in their lineup, which who are supposed to be counted on, you know, to, to, to lead this team of the postseason, are, have, are all having career low seasons. You know how incredibly rare that is for an entire lineup to be having career lows. I mean, I'm going to read off some of these some of these big names in this starting lineup that have done very well in past seasons for the Mets and now are are just not having a good season at all. Jeff McNeil in 2018 slash 329 381 471 2019 318 384 531 2020 311 383 454 now 2021, 250 batting average, 326 on base percentage, 362 slugging, career low. Dominic Smith, 2019, 282 batting average, 355 on base percentage, 525 slugging. 2020, 316, 377, 616. 2021, 247, 307, and 369. A major fall off. Francisco Lindor, we all know what he's capable of being, you know, uh, an all-star almost every year of his career. He's an, an elite fielder. His career's high, career highs include 313 batting average, 353 on base percentage. Uh, he's hit over 30 home runs multiple seasons. Now in 2021, batting 228 on base percentage of 326 and a slugging of 376. And Michael Conforto, of course, we're going to talk about Michael Conforto. You know, he burst onto the season. Tw- Burst onto the scene in 2015 with a 270 batting average, 335 on base, and a 506 slugging. Now, he has had a bit of an inconsistent career. We all remember in 2016, he struggled heavily batting 220. He got sent to the minors, but then followed that up with a 279 batting average in 2017, had 28 home runs, made the All Star team. Now, in 2018 and 19, his averages certainly weren't. Up there with his other seasons in 17 and 15, you know, he batted 243 and 257 respectively in 18 and 19, but he did hit 28 home runs with 82 RBI in 2018 and 33 home runs and 92 RBI in 2019. 2019 was his career best in those two categories. And then in 2020, he he batted 322 uh, on base percentage of 412 and a slugging of 515. Now in 2021, he's batting 220 again, same as 2016, on base of 336 and a slugging of 365. These four guys are the biggest bats in this Mets lineup, or four of the biggest bats in this Mets lineup. And all four of them have been having career lows. Also, I didn't mention James McCann having a career low season. Although he's had an inconsistent career as well, he really became a starter in 2019 and then you know, had a really solid 2020. This year has not been the case at all, having a really tough year as well. So, and I and I didn't mention other guys in the lineup like Brendan Nimmo, Pete Alonso, J.D. Davis, because they have done well this season. Nimmo, is, uh, we all know, is an on-base machine. He's been, you know, getting on base almost every game. He, he's, he's a walk machine over there at the top of the lineup. Pete Alonso's had a good season, 26 home runs, uh, almost 70 runs batted in. Now, I know his average isn't, great you know it's been hovering 
between 215 and 216 most of the season, but that's what that's what he's been. You know, he was like that in 2019 uh, in his rookie season. He was like that last year. Uh, so that's been more Pete Alonso. He's having a good season. And then J.D. Davis. Many guys have been ripping on J.D. Davis. Uh, but, I mean, he is batting 295 this season. Now, I know it's not like 2019 where he hit 22 home runs, had almost 60 runs batted, and he's been hurt as well. And his fielding isn't the greatest. But still, those three guys have been the best hitters in this Mets lineup. Uh, but with you know, but they haven't been able to pick up the slack left from those other, from those other four guys: Conforto, Lindor, Smith, and McNeil. And let's not forget about you know they even acquired Javier Baez. But since he joined, he hasn't been nearly as productive as they had liked. Obviously, he's hurt right now with the back spasms. He should be back soon. Um, you know, he homered in his first game with the Met. He, he did lead the Mets to a win a couple games later against the Marlins with that nifty slide he had, and then he had the go-ahead home run. But he also has had some really, really tough games, 0 for 5 with 5 strikeouts. He chases a lot of pitches out of the zone. You know, he's not having his best season, although he is he does have a two uh, you know 24 home runs with almost 70 runs batted in. You know, that being a down season, that just proves how good of a player you are. And that, you know, uh, unfortunately for the Mets, he has not really paid off so far, but... He will be back soon with a month left of the season. And look, the Mets, we know things look bad. We know, uh, you know, they're they're really spiraling out of control. The, the hitting coach, Hugh Quattlebaum, has not done nearly a good enough job to get this offense going when they needed him most. And it's really put the front office in an interesting spot going forward, okay? Because here I'm going to play out a few scenarios for the Mets that could happen in the offseason and, and the year after. You know, with how poorly things are going right now, it's hard to see them coming out of this rut and making a run. You know, but it has been done before by the Mets. In 2016, with a very similarly struggling offense, the Mets were 60 and 62 on August 19th. They then went 27 and 13 in their final 40 games to claim the top wildcard spot. And then this year, it is August 20th. The Mets are 60 and 61, so very similar to 2016. They have a struggling offense, and they're still sitting within striking distance of the Braves for the division. Five games is definitely possible to make up ground with a month month left of the season, and they do have two big bats in Francisco Lindor and Javier Baez coming back this weekend. So, with that being said, and also seeing the success in past seasons from the core of this team. It does sound intriguing to keep everyone around for next season as well, and with a few needed additions, of course, because you can't go an offseason without making a few moves. And, you know, it's intriguing to keep them together and try to make a run of the postseason next season. Hopefully people get, guys stay healthy. Jacob, Jacob DeGrom can stay healthy. Francisco Lindor can stay healthy. And it really, it's you could do that and count on all these guys in their current core to have bounce-back seasons. Or, you know, the front office could go a completely different direction. Is it possibly time to break up this core and the coaching staff and go in a, and, and just go big in the offseason with several, you know, big replacements? Because guys, like I said, Michael Conforto, J.D. Davis, possibly even Dominic Smith could see their way out of Queens uh, this offseason especially Conforto, who's had a, a tough season all around, uh, free agent season, don't, don't know if he's done enough for the Mets to bring him back. J.D. Davis has also been rumored to be on his way out for almost a year now, ever since 2020 when you know he had his, his down season last year. And all the rumors with Chris Bryant, many have thought 
he wouldn't even be on the roster at this point right now, but he's been their starting third baseman. He could possibly be on their way out. Dominic Smith. I mean, I'm sure they don't want to put a they they don't want to keep a first baseman out in left field for the future. And he could also not have a starting role in this team. He, he could be traded, uh, maybe get some new new relief arms, new pitching arms, um, or just another left fielder because that's something the Mets have been rumored to go after. Going, you know, after this season, guys like Nicholas Castellanos, Chris Bryant. And others are, are, are going to be free agents and have already been rumored to be potential targets for the Mets. So there are two options here. It all depends on what happens in this final month of the season. You know, the guys could catch fire. Lindor and Baez being back could be huge, could ramp up this offense, and they could save their jobs and save this season. Or if they continue this struggle, the front office may look to make some major changes. And now... Depend. No matter how the 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 offense or the team performs as a whole for the final month of the season, I definitely think a coaching change needs to be made. I've said I said it last week. Luis Rojas has made so many costly decisions for this team this season. You know, he it's really been on on showcase in this rough stretch now because everyone is finally seeing. Uh, how what he's been doing with the bullpen, he making the wrong substitutions, making just strange lineups every single day. Uh, it's finally coming out now because this team is struggling. You know, when when they were in first place and winning games with Janeshwi Fargus and Khalil Lee and Cameron Mabin, Luis Rojas was still making those same tough decisions that I was not in agreement with, but it was being hidden by the fact that they were in first place and winning those games. Now it's finally coming out. They're struggling. Everyone's seeing the struggle Rojas has had. And so no matter what happens the rest of the season, I definitely think a coaching change needs to be made really all throughout the uh, the, the staff. I do really like Jeremy Hefner. He's done a fantastic job with the pitching staff. I He could stay around. I would like to, to see him stay around. Um the pitching staff is what was keeping this team afloat the first half of the season. But Hugh Quattlebaum, Luis Rojas, I don't know about Dave Jouse. I know a lot of Mets fans love him just because of his batting practice throwing ability. But um, major changes need to be done here uh, with the Mets going forward in the coaching staff at least. So it all depends on – it really depends roster-wise what happens this final month of the season if they're going to make major changes there. You know, bringing guys, like I said, Castellanos, Chris Bryant, to be replacements for some of the guys struggling like Conforto and J.D. Davis, which I would like to see. I mean, it's really hard to pass up on a Chris Bryant or Nicholas Castellanos. Both guys are having incredible seasons. Both guys are having MVP-like seasons. Nick, Nick Castellanos has been has been getting better, I feel like, almost every season since he's come into the league. We all know Chris Bryant's capability. He's a Rookie of the Year. He's in a World Series champion. He's an MVP. Um, he's been a very great addition to the Giants this season. It was even rumored that the Mets were going after Bryant this season. You know, there was a report earlier earlier today that the Mets were looking at a blockbuster, a blockbuster to get Baez and Bryant, along with Trevor Williams for Pete Crow Armstrong and another really top prospect. I don't know if I would have liked to see that because even if they did acquire those two guys, I don't know if they together could carry this struggling lineup with, you know, Michael Conforto and McNeil and Smith, like I said, J.D. Davis, um, Lindor. 
I don't know if plus you know Degrom's out for the probably out for the season, so not having him join this team for that final month with Baez and Bryant probably wouldn't have been the best idea to bring those guys around for you know to be rentals. Um, but like I said, Castellanos could is is rumored to be a target. I would definitely like to see him replace Michael Conforto. Look, I love Michael Conforto. He's the longest tenured Met right now. He's been with the team since 2015. He's had some really solid seasons, uh, but he's just been a little bit too inconsistent. He's been very hard to read. We don't know what we're going to get out of him each season. Um, I think no matter what he does the final month of the season, because he has been swinging the bat much better in August, batting over 300 in August, I don't think he's done enough to make his his name stay here in Queens. And we all know the rumors with J.D. Davis. I mean... If I'm going to choose between J.D. Davis and Chris Bryant, obviously I'm going to choose Chris Bryant. Now, I have been very high on J.D. Davis um, prior to this season, last year as well, because of how great he was in 2019, how great of a piece he was in 2019. But I, seeing seeing last night, especially last night, where he had that terrible at-bat against Blake Trinan on the sliders, he can't catch up with the fastball, he's a chaser, and he isn't great defensively. Last night you know, pushed me over the edge a little bit when he made a nice diving stop, but then he made a throw he definitely did not need to make. It was way short, way wide of first base. Pete Alonso had trouble corralling it. It went by, and, and Davis, you could see on TV, was frustrated with Alonso for not catching the ball, even though, you know, he, he short-hopped him by a good five feet and missed the base by, I, I want to say, ten feet or something. Um so, and we all know how aggressive Steve Cohen, Sandy Alderson, and Zach Scott have been in their first season leading this team. Trading for Baez, trading for Lindor, extending for Lindor. They they are going to be they're going to be very aggressive going into the offseason. They said that. We all know that they have been aggressive in the past, and I definitely think they're going to make some major changes. There were rumors earlier this week that they were going to make a legit uh, big switch at the you know president of baseball operations because they don't really have a guy running that. I know Sandy all I know Sandy Alderson has been the man filling in that role, but I feel like they need to hire their own guy to run baseball operations. Sandy Alderson will probably remain president with Steve Cohen as owner. I would like to see Zach Scott just take full control of the GM position. I know he's been titled as the acting GM, but I think he's done a great job and deserves to be named the full-time GM. So a lot of things to look for for the Mets going into this final month and a half of the season. Uh, They continued their tough stretch against the NL West this weekend. They got uh, three more against the Dodgers starting tonight. They get three more against the Giants following this series against the Dodgers at Citi Field next week. And then it gets a bit easier. They get Washington, Miami in consecutive uh, series uh, they have, obviously, they got Philly one more time. They have Atlanta to close out the season. So it's going to be an interesting run for the Mets going uh, into this final month of the season. So that'll do it for this week's episode of Believe in Mets. Thanks to all you new and old Mets fans out there. If you like the show, please subscribe and review us on iTunes to help us hit this out of the park. I know it's I know it's going to be tough, but try and enjoy Mets baseball this week, and we'll see you next week here on the Believe in Mets podcast.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.